Welcome to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Sherwood Performance, Albuquerque Driveway, Halburn's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Your host, David Swope, will be talking about events happening around the state and on the national scene. Whether it's got two wheels or four wheels, pavement and off-road racing, or park and shine, if you are into it, we are into it. Now, here is your host, David Swope. Good! Morning and Saturday morning. That means it's time for the New Mexico Motorsports Report. I'm your host, David Swope, and we'll be talking about automotive and related motorsports activities around the state and on the national scene, whether it has two wheels or four, asphalt or dirt track racing, off-road or park and shine. We'll be talking about it. It's New Mexico's only show devoted to motorsports-related activities for the full hour here on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. we got a full house this morning. We've got uh, Spencer Hill uh, joining us. I'm here. Hey, Ed, did you see we got sponsorship? I know. How about that? We got sponsorship from, uh, I, uh, from Mountain Dew. I was not part of the sponsorship this morning, but that's okay. Well, well RJ's going to hook me up. There we go. Well, you get now pro- we're good. You get product. We, we, we're not good enough to get money. Hey, this is 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning, and we need some Mountain Dew. Um, but uh, also behind the glass, uh, we've got uh, Dan Watkins this morning, and RJ. RJ Lee is joining us. RJ, man, you were in the big seat on Thursday night. Uh, tell the listeners what you were doing. Yeah, I got to see right where you are, David, and we got to uh, talk about me and Sam Hauser for the first hour of uh, Team Talk. We only had an hour on Thursday because we got to cover the draft. We had it here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. So me and Sam got to kind of get a little bit of in-dive, uh, you know, talk about the draft. It was a good time. I was happy to be there. It was uh a lot of back and forth, some good stuff about, of course, also Lamar Jackson contract yeah. that happened right before. And then uh, Sam being a Florida guy as well as me, we talked a little bit about the Miami Heat with that major 8-1 upset over the Milwaukee Bucks. So cool, fun day of talking. I mean, any any sports, I'm more of the ball and stick guy, but here every Saturday talk about the racing too. So I got a, the best of both this week. Well, I tell you, that I don't care who you are, um, that shot to send him in overtime uh, for the Heat, the guy was like falling down and basically just kind of. Is that the one it. where he just like barely just taps it up and just? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you even know, so, I saw that. <laughs> I know exactly, and so I, I just think that that's amazing. And of course, you know, a lot of people on pins and needles, you know, with the draft. Um, and of course, uh, you know, for for Dan, of course, Hendon uh, Hooker, sixty uh, eighth to the Detroit Lions. Um, I mean, that that guy is getting a great opportunity to play for a team that's on the rise. Yeah, they're on the rise. It's always good to see a guy from your hometown. You can hear me? Yeah, I can yeah. hear okay. you. Yeah. I, I hear just in one ear, though, for some reason. To, to see a guy from your hometown and play for your favorite team, you know, yep. get drafted like that, I'm excited for him. Well, that's the dude that you showed me the video, right, that that he, he throws, what was it, tomato? No, that's or what the was... other guy. Oh, that, that was the other that, guy? That was his backup. <laughs> All right, well then, uh, never mind. I, I blew that one. But, that was uh, Milton Joe throwing an orange the entire length of the field. That's his backup. <laughs> so let, let's that. get back to the most important stuff. <laughs> you guys hey, lost me already. So okay, well <laughs> we're, we're going to get you back. We're going to get you back here and, and crack open a Mountain Dew. Uh, we got a little audio from one of the uh, the commercials from Mountain Dew. We got we got to give them some love since how they're sponsoring us this morning. Can you grab me a Mountain Dew while you're in there? You look kind of like Daryl Earnhardt. Yeah, a little bit, don't he? <laughs> <laughs> That that's a good one because it's that talking deer, right? And everybody goes up to the cooler and the deer's like, "Grab me, grab me a, grab me a Mountain Dew." So um, anyway, uh, maybe we should try and get this show back on the rails. I, I mean, know it's, it's already. Oh, 
Did you hear that? I'm with RJ. That was the that great was, thing about radio is you don't know if this is a Mountain Dew or Coors Light. Well, I'm 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 going with it's a Mountain Dew. <laughs> We're on the other side. I, I don't, of can can we do radio and drink? I mean, you're not supposed I'm to not drink sure on that, TV, right? I'm not. Sh- I, I'm gonna guess that's a no. But I don't know. Sometimes you're on assignment. Who knows, right? I I. I don't know the legalities of that. <laughs> you run the show, so I'm just going to let you answer that one, buddy. Well, let's see. We're we're about nine minutes in, so I think it's time to get to the Law Tigers event calendar. And uh, there we go. And in case my wife's listening, this is not beer, by the way. This is this is Mountain Dew. But she knows me that that's actually worse. I mean, you know, now that I've got coffee and Mountain Dew. Oh, oh yeah, good luck. I mean, this is like just going straight over to Cafe Bella. And just saying, just shoot it straight in. Because you know when Mike comes in here, he's just jacked up. He is. He's a jacked up guy. Yeah. And it makes sense because if you've ever been to Cafe Bella, you understand really good coffee over there. Absolutely. His, his eyes are like almost dilated. You know, it's so big. Well, anyway, you're on your third cup at 8 a.m. It's a little different. Lot, do you think the Law Tigers appreciates this? You know, we're kind of like, you know, talking about other, other products. But, uh, hey, why don't we talk about Albuquerque Dragway, uh, talking about going fast. Uh, got a test and tune going today with the Yearwood Performance Street to Strip. Uh, but tomorrow they got a bracket race. What's going on tomorrow, man? Sure do. So it's going to be an awesome Sunday event where it's going to be the Duke City Shootout, which is going to be a bracket race from, uh, from a, starting at 9 a.m. It's a quarter mile, uh, bracket race with bonus points race as well, where the gates are open at 9. Seems like a cool event. They have a Swadra event that's going on today. Mm-hmm. That's the bracket challenge from 11 a.m. to 4. So kind of a two day event. Two days, I mean, of great racing out there. Of course, street to strip to get everything started. But you know what? Different, different, different uh, categories, different racing out there. And you know, just April. You know, this is the last week in April. May's right around the corner, and then their full jam packed summer. I mean, I'm ready for some awesome stuff out there at Albuquerque Dragway. Well, they got 60 events uh, going on this year. This is the 60th anniversary. So, a uh, big build up to the uh, late July uh, Super Race. They're going to have. Uh, including they're going to have the uh, uh, funny car chaos. Yeah, uh, it's big race be, over there, guys. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be huge. So uh, to celebrate that and to kind of get us everybody geared up next week, the new edition of the New Mexico Motorsports Report is coming out, um, and there's there's a real brief history about um, the operators. Now, when you consider that track's been around sixty years, and yet it, it's only on uh, Robert Costa is I think like some, the seventh eighth operator. Uh, amazing story. Um, and of course, the Lebate family ran it for so long, um, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't it wouldn't be here without all the little steps that were taken. Um, and of course, uh, Dale Schaefer in his book that chronicles it all the way back from the New Mexico Timing Association. So uh, a lot of really cool things uh, coming up on that. Uh, but all five of the dirt tracks uh, look like they're uh, they're racing this weekend. Uh, let's let's get it started with Vado, man. Yeah, so Vado always have jam-packed, great events going out there. It is their weekly racing series going on this weekend with the 305 Wing Sprints, the USRA B-Mods, Super Trucks, Legends, and Pure Stocks all going down at Vado this weekend. Gates are open at 5, racing at 7.30. Last few weeks getting, you know, different variations of car counts out there, but a lot of cool racing, a lot of different categories. But Vado is a place, make the drive, take the experience. You're not going to have a nicer facility. Awesome times out there down at Vado Speedway. Absolutely. And, and you know, Vado Speedway Park, um, I, I, I very often forget to say the park part, but I think the park's appropriate when you consider it's like it's like a ballpark. I mean, it's like a minor league uh, facility. It's fantastic. 
Uh, Sandy is going to be uh, going tonight, too. This is her second uh, second night of racing. They've got 305 wing sprints as well. I always hate to see that um, when you're splitting cars um, mm-hmm. on a calendar. I mean, it's it's tough it's tough enough as it is, but um, they got to get going uh, what they need to get going. And, of course, um, also going on out there on the asphalt track is Whiskey Garage Diff Series is going again. And that um, drift series has been going absolutely. so well this year. I, I got to give major props to Dan Brock mm-hmm. and the team over there because if you're a drift fan, uh, it is a, quite a sight to see over there. There's so many fans, so many drivers, and one heck of a show going on. Absolutely. So you've also got, oh, it looks like I just noticed it says Aztec Speedway practice date um, has been canceled. Uh, and so uh, uh, my bad on saying all five of them um, are going. Uh, but you can go down to uh, Alien Speedway in Roswell and Legacy Speedway um, over at uh, in Grants. I mean, it's it's been almost impossible for me to not call it um, Iranian Capital. But mm-hmm. um, I know you've you've called races there before, and finally got to call my first race there. And let me tell you, uh, it is like a step back in time. I mean, everything in a is, good way, though. No, yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, this a small town. You know, hometown dirt track, uh, and uh, and people were really into it, um, and for all the right reasons. Uh, I mean, I, I was really, I really felt the hospitality, and of course, got John Field to come out, uh, did a heck of a job. Um, I think the smile's still on his face. Oh, absolutely. And the the interesting thing about that too is, it seems like those small towns they just bring out the greatest fans that we have in the sport. They have so much passion towards that little track over there. I mean, the track's been around a long time. I think, what, almost 70 years now. So uh, it's fans that have been there for generations. They grew up going to the racetrack. Now they're taking their kids out there. And you do, you get that small-town feel. They have their favorite drivers that they truly adore, and and they just just love racing. And and that's one of the cool things about uh, going to just a a small-town, short track on a Saturday night. You can't get any better than that. Well, and and the track itself, I mean, the racing surface was excellent. I mean, maybe it's just because they've got a, enough clay there and they've got enough time uh, working it, and they know how to work it. It's probably the mm-hmm. same guy has been ripping that track, you know, for years. But um, I thought the facility was in uh, great shape. All right, so on the other side, we're going to actually talk some two-wheel. We're going to catch up uh, with Scott Welch, and we're going to be talking about what's been going on in Supercross, where uh, Cortez, uh, Colorado's, Eli Tomac is back at the top, leading uh, uh, 11 points um, over a Cooper Webb. So we'll be talking to him on the other side. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 1017, the team. Hey, Albuquerque, this is Brian Erlacher. You're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Swope on ESPN Radio, 1017, the team. This is Al Unser, four-time winner of the Indy 500. You've been listening to David Slope of the New Mexico Motorsport Report on ESPN Radio 1017, The Team. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Deerwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halburn's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Here is Dave. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. And uh, I want to talk a little uh, Supercross. Uh, right now, leading the points, 11 points over Cooper Webb. 
um, is uh, Eli Tomac, of course, uh, out of Cortez, New Mexico. So we're always rooting for Eli. Chase Sexton, 21 points back, uh, uh, running for Honda. And uh, our locally owned and beloved Jason Anderson in six, about 90 points back, running for Kawasaki. So probably uh, probably a little too far back uh, to make a run, uh, but still doing a pretty solid season. Uh, joining us now is Scott Welch. How are you doing this morning, man? Good morning, my brother. I'm doing great. Listening to you guys this morning. Mountain Dew, baby. Mountain Dew. Got to love it. But, <laughs> hey, man, it was like 35, 36 degrees this morning, so you can't couldn't ride your bike out. What's up with that? You know what, man? I, I got in my Mercedes yesterday, and because uh, I haven't been driving it much, and uh, and it was, uh, well, to be honest with you, it's had a uh, low-tire uh, light on the dash, and I've tried to get it fixed. And apparently, if it stays on there very long, it goes into limp mode. So I think that's what happens. So it'll be headed over to my brother over at Silver Star Auto House. So, uh, Paul Sabuski will have to get it, get it back uh, in line for me. So I'll be heading over there Monday. So, so Supercross has got, uh, of course, Nashville this weekend, uh, Denver next weekend, and the season finale um, out at Utah. Uh, tell us what we can right. kind of. What we can kind of look for as we uh, we end up this season? Well, let's back up a little bit. Last week was New Jersey, yeah, and our boy Justin Barsha, who was out on the show before. Yep. Oh, bam, bam! Justin won. Bam, bam, bam! Won it last week, <laughs> man, on the Troy Lee Designs uh, uh, motorcycle and uh, uh, the Gas Gas uh, four fifty. And uh, man, we're proud of him. He's they. I guess the first. During the main event, it started raining and it became a mud race and, and Justin's good in the mud. And he's been fast this year, man. He's been right there. And so, uh, I'm really proud of him. He's doing real well. So, uh, what we got coming up, uh, yeah, I mean, tight points, as you mentioned earlier, you got Tomac and Webb, uh, neck and neck. Rumor is that, uh, they're Nashville today. So, um, uh, the rumor is Tomac took a spill in practice yesterday mm. and might have hurt his wrist. Mm. So I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't even, as of now, I don't even know if he's riding yet. Well, but, well uh, Scott, I actually have an update on that. I don't think oh, it you? hurt him too bad because he just went P1 in Q1 with oh, 53.478 second lap time. So I, I nice. think Eli's going to be all right for tonight's race over at Nissan good, Stadium. Good. Well, that's because we sent him a Mountain Dew. <laughs> that must be why. We yeah. sent him a Mountain Dew. <laughs> sent him a Mountain Dew, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know, with a couple of races left and it, it being so tight, now I'm glad I'm glad to hear that, you know, uh, Tomac's doing better, but I was going to say those those guys are, uh, I mean, I think they're the, the last the last gladi- gladiators. Those guys are yeah. tough. Those guys are super well, tough. We can't forget about Chase Sexton either, man, yep. on the Honda. I mean, he's killing it. And, you know, we've got Jet Lawrence in the 250, and his brother um, um, is kind of the, the brothers running east. Hunter Lawrence is running the east division. And then uh, Jet's been running west. But Jet's going to be on the 450 for the outdoor, man. Mm-hmm. So my plans are to go to Denver again for the 450, and that will be the first time to see Hunter on the 450, so that's going to be interesting because he's super fast. And, Scott, when I take a look at the power rankings for the 450 class here, 
One of the things that stands out to me is in the top six, we have six different manufacturers mm-hmm. represented. I mean, the, the equality across the field is just immaculate right now. It doesn't seem like anybody has a specific edge. Of course, Tomac does lead that power ranking right now. Uh, he's been very right. strong all year. But we've seen very strong runs from riders like Sexton, Barsha, Webb, Roxon, and Anderson this year. Out of everybody yeah. in that top ten, who was your biggest surprise so far in 2023? Oh, man, my biggest surprise? I'd have to say Justin is. Barsha's has surprised me a little bit this year. Um, he's really he's really coming on strong at the end, too. So uh, my biggest surprise is him. Um, you know, Kenny is, is hung in there. Kenny Roxon's hung in there real well too this year and won his fair share of races. And you know, you're meant, you mentioned all the manufacturers, Spence. Um, we're going to have more manufacturers coming up. David and I were just talking about this. For sure, Triumph is coming in with a Supercross 450. Ricky Carmichael's been working on that program. Wow. And now, the rumor is, and it's a pretty strong rumor, that Ducati is going to build a 450 motocross bike for Supercross and motocross. That is so cool to hear because yeah. I, I think that that's one of the unique aspects that I think motocross, Supercross has is the fact that the barrier to entry for these manufacturers Absolutely. isn't too high. I mean, we obviously, I think our most recent uh, manufacturer join has been Gas Gas, and they came in strong. Of course, Barsha representing them quite well, picking up the win last weekend. Uh, to hear the Triumph yeah. and now Ducati coming in, uh, m- probably going to happen here in the next year or so, is very refreshing to see. And, man, I- I'm excited to see that. As a fan, that makes me just very interested mm-hmm. to see how they're going to go about it, how they're going to take course in figuring out how to get fast and how to get up front. But I believe they have some smart people behind them, and I think they can get it done. And I'm sure, Scott, you you got to feel the same way, right? Yeah, I feel the same way. And I think that the, I, I think that the Triumph, the bike that they're coming out with, is going to be surprisingly awesome. <laughs> I think it's going to be an amazing machine. So... You know, I think this. Yeah, I think this is a perfect. I think this is a perfect combination of um, getting young people excited in brand names maybe they're not aware of, right? Because motocross is such a, a feeder into other forms of racing, and of course, you can't think about um, MotoGP without thinking about Ducati and you know and some of those big names. Mm-hmm. And so now you've also got the fan base loyalty of the guy, the Triumph guys that are ride and die, right? You know, I mean, for like the last fifty, sixty, seventy years. Um, and, and, you know, the, the young guns that come along with their the Italian bikes and Ducati. I mean, this is a, a great bringing together of that whole two-wheel society, man. This is exciting Absolutely. stuff. This is exciting stuff. Absolutely it is. And Ducati, you know, right now, their bikes, their street bikes are just, I mean, they're they're right up there, you know. I mean, you got three brands that, gosh, 10, 20 years ago were not even, you got Triumph. Ducati and KTM that weren't yep. even around, you know. Yeah, but you so know, yeah, you got classic names though. I mean, because Yamaha, of course, was was huge in, oh, yeah. in MotoGP as well too. But and of course, you know, our loyalty. Uh, my my second bike was a Yamaha. My yeah. first, of course, was an Indian. 
Um, but, uh, but having the, the oldest and continuous, uh, Yamaha dealer right here in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. where I, I think probably every listener here, um, or at least let's say 99% of the listeners here have, have been to Bobby J's, um, over oh. and all. And so, I mean, you, you, you gotta, you gotta love what's going on in the two wheel world right now. Oh yeah. Bobby J's is just, uh, vintage Yamaha period, man. My first motorcycle was a Yamaha. An Enduro 60. Okay. And, uh, you know, and, and plus, my first, my first, yeah, I have had several Yamahas, man. I had a 75 MX400. My first bike I ever raced motocross on was a 1980 YZ465. There you go. And it was killer. You hit fifth gear, you're doing 100 miles an hour on that thing. Wow. And that was in 1980. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So amazing product, Yamaha. I mean, that, not to discount any of the Japanese product, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, Honda, they're all, you know, they're the best of the best, to be honest with you, yeah. you know, and then KTM is amazing as well. So it's going to be great to see, uh, you know, possibly at least one more, maybe two more brands come into the meld. That's fantastic. Hey, Scott, uh, we really look forward to uh, getting you out to, to cover these. Um, and really appreciate a quick update this morning. Sure, man. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate you. All right. That's uh, Scott Welch, uh, scottwelchphoto.com. Uh, uh, you can check out all his work. And, of course, uh, always great to uh, get him on. Uh, but on the other side, uh, we actually got Spencer Hill in the house so we can find out where in the heck Spencer Hill's been. Um, I mean, have you put about like 2,000 miles, 3,000 miles on the vehicle? I don't even want to think about it. Luckily, it hasn't been my truck specifically. I feel bad for both Pat and Jason's, but we'll dive into that here after this break. All right, we got a whole lot more coming up on the other side. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 1017, the team. Logano is a two-time. Hey Albuquerque, this is Joey Logano, driver of number 22 Shell Penzo Ford, and you're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Swope on ESPN Radio Albuquerque 1017, the team. This is Alex Bowman, driver of the 48 Allied Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports. You're listening to Spencer Hill and David Swope on ESPN Radio 1017. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halpern's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Um, I had a liner right there from uh, Alex Bowman. Of course, uh, Alex Bowman uh, making the news this week um, for uh, for all the wrong reasons. Um, I mean, wrong wrong for him. I mean, uh, but uh, do we have any updates? I mean, Alex is, is doing okay, but he's going to be out for, what, three to four weeks? Yeah, so basically what happened here is he suffered a fractured vertebrae is what he's been released with and it happened during a sprint car wreck over with the high limit sprint car series that we've been covering Mm -hmm. quite a bit here on the show uh uh, last tuesday and uh it it was kind of an awkward accident because he he did take a a hard tumble um but man it, it didn't look like it was 
absurdly uh, a, a weird angle mm-hmm. or, or super, super hard, uh, but it was enough that it was bothering him. Obviously, he had some back pain, uh, went to go get checked out, and, of course, they did find that fractured vertebrae, and it raises a lot of questions. I think I think that's probably been the hot topic of the whole week, uh, at least on NASCAR radio, is are these drivers going too far mm. with their free time? And, you know... I just I have a hard time listening to that because yeah. these drivers, what are you going to do? Put them in bubble wrap and just take them from track to track with the Cup Series? Right. You're not going to have drivers in the sport very long if you do that. Well, and, and what's what's interesting is you and I disagree on almost everything, but we're we're lockstep on this one um, because I look at it from the, the promoter side, the other mm-hmm. side, which is having these guys out in the community um, with other people. And, 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 and you know, seeing that Alex Bowman um, looks just like the rest of us. You know, I mean, he's a he's a regular person. It makes what they do m- much more interesting. All you got to do is look at the Kyle Larson effect, right? Mm-hmm. With Kyle Larson, what he's done and really brought in more dirt track. Because I've had dirt track racers on this show basically say they don't like NASCAR. They don't, they don't follow NASCAR, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, a, it's a different world. Um, but I, I, ta- I look at that situation and... You know, of course, you you know I have a whole conspiracy theory about the whole thing of NASCAR using this to so that they can refocus on something else that we don't talk about the manufactured parts and the and the lack of transparency and blah blah blah. And so I see I did I took a hard left right there, but I'm gonna come back. Um, but then but then you think about um, what happened with Caleb Sice and 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 Caleb and and great that Caleb's gonna be back um, at the end of next month, um, be back for the Memorial Day or that's the plan. Uh, but you contrast that to the other uh, sprint car racer, exact same looking accident um, that dies. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and we don't we don't really realize uh, when we look at it because we've gotten so used to these fiery crashes and people walk away right and mm-hmm. and look like they're unheard. And yet, um, it is a dangerous sport, which is by the way why we all watch it. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Dave. Yep. I think it's important to note that. And, and it, of course, our thoughts and prayers continue to go out mm-hmm. to Justin Owen and his family, friends, yep. uh, and fans. And of course, everybody that saw that incident live uh, has been truly affected by that. And it, it's difficult. It's a hard topic to talk about, uh, even more so for me, you know, stepping behind the wheel of one of these non-wing sprint cars. Because at the end of the day, yes, they, they are dangerous. I, I don't think that we can get to a point to say, like, you know, open wheel racing is safe i i don't think that i don't think that's the goal either i i think that you want to be as safe as you possibly can be i think that tracks need to be held to a high degree of safety as well mm-hmm. um but at the end of the day i didn't get behind the wheel of a sprint car because i thought it was going to be the safest and the smartest life choice <laughs> i i go throw away money every weekend and get myself hurt uh all for basically a pat on the back and to say that I do something cool whenever I'm drinking beer. It's not <laughs> it's not the smartest life choice, and I get that, but right. I love it. I don't know why. It's an addiction, and I think that everybody that has been behind the wheel of a race car understands that addiction, that it, it's just something that I think you're almost born with. You just love racing. You love that thrill of speed. You love the little bit of insecurity that you get, too, when sure. you're strapped behind the wheel of something and you control something that is seemingly uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. And it's hard to go to, like in this case with Alex Bellman, uh, it's hard to go to your team owner 
and say, Mr. Hendrick, I, I'm going to go run this high-limit sprint car series on Tuesdays. It's not going to affect my NASCAR schedule at all. Uh, shouldn't affect my racing whatsoever. And then, lo and behold, two weeks in, get in a big wreck, get a fractured vertebrae. Now he's out for four weeks as, may I add, he was the points leader in the NASCAR Cup Series. And now we have everybody calling in wondering why these drivers would think to do something so selfish. Um, tough scenario there, Dave. It is, and then you know, of course, I, I'm. I was going to draw a pretty uh, draw a pretty broad stroke. Maybe maybe I'll step back from that. Uh, but a lot of the the calls that have come in, um, you know, are are fans, you know, that are upset, you know, because oh, that was the week I was going to go watch Chase Elliott, or that was the week I was going to go see so and so. Fans are fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's. Maybe the difference is maybe there are some fans that are fans of drivers. I find it ridiculous to, that they said that you know viewership was down because Chase Elliott was out. That is absolutely ridiculous. You know, I mean, racing fans are racing fans. Yes, you know, I mean, we don't have one driver anymore. We have five, right? One driver goes out. So I, I mean, and, unless I'm wrong. I, I, this I, might be one of the things we disagree on because really? as, as it's much surprising that we disagree <laughs> as much as, as much as I want to agree with your point there. I mean, there was a definite spike in viewership the last two weeks. Now that Chase Elliott's back, why that affected everybody watching the race? I have no idea, but I mean, stats okay, are stats. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you an answer. Why? <laughs> I mean, they spent a whole lot of money advertising it. They spent more money advertising some of the races coming up because Chase was coming back. So which came first? I know you did, you know marketing too, so that's why I'm throwing that back at you. Is they did spend more money, you know, advertising it. Very and true. Maybe, and maybe they were better spots, you know. I mean, it weren't on Easter, right? You know, mm-hmm. trying to do that on Easter. Anyway, uh, the other point I, I wanted to make is, um, I, and I know you're a fan. Uh, World Rallycross, uh, really World Rally Championship. I mean, they lost a driver in in a practice in Croatia. You know, yeah. I mean, and that that is a wicked crazy sport. You know, and that's back to some of the stuff we used to do in Formula One. They used to lose two drivers a week in practice alone, and that's because of just what you said that you know the drivers um, they want to go faster, faster, and faster, and they're not as worried about the safety because they just want to be faster than the next guy. And so it's the sanctioning bodies that have come in and, and forced the safety on us. Uh, because, well, I mean, I'm a little more conservative than you are. Yeah, you're a little crazier than I am. Uh, maybe I was back in the day, but probably not. You know, I mean. Um, well, but, the funny thing is a lot of drivers, too, whenever a new safety thing is introduced, how many times do we hear drivers complaining, oh, that, that'll never work, or uh, I, this is uncomfortable, I don't, right? I don't like it. Uh, and everybody eventually comes around to get accustomed to it. But it happened with the Hans device. It happened with seats. It Absolutely. Happened with, I mean, literally, uh, seat belts. Everything you can think of safety-wise, drivers hated it at first because it's something new. It's something that they're not comfortable with. Uh, but at the end of the day, does make the sport safer. And I think you got to be open to it. I, I'm guilty of this, too. I mean, there's a lot of crash bars in sprint car chassis. And I, I don't run them, a lot of them. I, I'd run the ones that are mandatory, but I think that anybody that's looked hard enough at my cars, they notice that I don't run a Halo. Um, and I've gotten into a lot of arguments with people about that. But for me, on 95% of wrecks, that Halo is forcing more damage on my body, and it, it's 
getting the driver hurt more, mm-hmm. I believe. And so that's one of the reasons that I don't prefer them. I mean, I, I don't want to ever turn down a safety item. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, it's, it is a huge topic in the industry as far as what is the right thing to do to keep these drivers safe but not take away from the integrity of why they're getting behind the wheel in the first place. And I, I think it's going to be something that's going to be a topic for many years to come, too, because uh, you got to keep these cars safe. you got to keep the drivers safe. Uh, because we're not going to do it on our own. <laughs> well, and how many times do you wrench into the last minute before you go out for qualifying, right? Um, and you forget to throw the Hans on. I mean, you know, I mean that that stuff happens. I have a friend that I'm not going to name uh, that I might go traveling with that's done that a few times. But I, I'm glad to say that I think I've had my yeah. Hans hooked up every time I hit the track. Well, and then of course <laughs> b- before we lost Dale, Dale Senior. Um, and come to find out, I mean, he was notorious for like losing his belt on the last lap and stuff. I mean, you know, so yeah. there's, there's, there's other things that, you know, cause you are, you strapped in there, you can't breathe, you know, and finally it's like, well, I can, I think, I think I'm safe, you know, and, and things, and things happen, but like the conversation all week, um, about Alex Bowman or about, you know, Chase Elliott, even though, you know, he was snowboarding, you know, versus, uh, you know, versus actually being in a race. Um, you know, there, there's this talk about, well, I mean, you could be driving home after the race and get an accident, you know, and it's like, yeah, I mean, life itself is, is dangerous and, and stuff happened because what wasn't it? Uh, Carl Edwards years ago, um, got her playing Frisbee. Are we going to outlaw Frisbee? Yeah. I mean, Denny Hamlin, he was, uh, <laughs> yeah. he actually talked about this on his podcast. Yep. He, the last time he got hurt, I think it was when he broke his hand or his finger yeah. uh, like 10 years ago. He was actually uh, trying to figure out between him and his crew guys who can run around his motorhome the fastest, <laughs> and he got his hand caught in the front grill of it. Ouch! So yeah, I mean, drivers we're not the smartest people. That's why we're behind the wheel. I think half the time. <laughs> well, what was it? Uh, there was one um, one any car driver that that actually said that. Um, uh, race car drivers have a, a, a lack of what was it? A, a lack of imagination. Because if they can imagine running into the wall at 200 miles an hour, maybe they wouldn't. You know, I can't argue with that. No. I, I mean, I I don't know why we do half the things we do. We just do them. Uh, but man, I do love it. Well, stay <laughs> stay tuned on the other side. I'm sure we'll find something else to argue about. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. Hey Albuquerque, this is Denny Hamlin of the number 11 FedEx Express Toyota with Joe Gibbs Racing. You are listening to New Mexico Motorsports Report on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. This is Kyle Larson, driving the number 5 DL1 Camaro for Hendrick Motorsports. You're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Swope on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halpern Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Here is Dave. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 1017 the team. And we love when listeners, you know, participate. I mean, uh, Jim Costas sent us a message, you know, during that segment and basically brought up Michael Schumacher. I mean that, and and that that is a weird thing. On top of it, it's like mm-hmm. what what has happened? He went into the, like isolation, and I mean, 
has has he died? What's going? I mean, it's like nothing. It's like radio silence. Uh, absolutely amazing. But uh, because we mentioned Yearwood performance, or uh, uh, Jim Costu does mention Yearwood performance. I mean, since 1968, that's 55 years of getting it done uh, with all your home for go fast parts, everything you need, uh, fuel injections, carburation. Uh, ignition systems, gauges, and accessories in the largest selection of hoses and fittings. Torco Racing Fuel and convenient five-gallon cans. And uh, what are they up to, like 14? 14 different blends, Dave. Uh, and yeah. not only that, I was talking to Jim earlier this week. He showed me a picture of how many Hoosier tires he just got. Uh-oh. And specifically some of the drag bracket radials. And he has a ton of tires in stock. So if you're looking for some Hoosiers uh, to get down the strip, you need to go over to Eurowood Performance. They will get you hooked up uh, the right way. And not only that, you got to go check out everything else they have oh, in yeah. stock because every little piece and part that you can think of on your car, they have over there. And the great thing, it's right here exactly. on Eubank, and it's easy to get to. Uh, so definitely got to go check out Eurowood Performance. Absolutely. So thinking about stuff uh, go check out today uh, is the uh, from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. So you can start heading that way right now if you want it. Over at Intellitech College, which is conveniently next to Hooters on San Mateo. Um, so you can uh, cruise on over there, check out uh, their second annual cars, uh, car show. They've got the Albuquerque Star Cars, which is, I think, the Batmobile. And they've got, uh, it looks like they've, they've got the, uh, what is that, the... Uh, the uh, the van from the mystery was, machine. Mystery machine. Who is that? Uh, Shaggy Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Okay, there you go. I mean, I, clearly I've been hanging around with Shaggy too much because you know my memory um, <laughs> has gotten terrible. But uh, a great show there. Um, all the uh, up and coming uh, mechanics, you know, going to school there. So go out and celebrate that. And tomorrow, best name ever for a car show. It's the Spring Cruise and Schmooze, uh, which like looks like Schmouse. Oh, you want that one? You want to check that one out? Um, that's that's going on tomorrow, and that's at the Sonic um, across the street from Hooters. So that's that's two that's two it's Hooters. A hot topic area, over and, we, there, and huh? we were just there for for lunch on Friday because, of course, we were also getting ready for the draft. But um, I mean, that's one of those big shows. It's uh, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. is right in front of the uh, the Goodwill there on San Mateo. Uh, but you need to get there early if you want a spot. Uh, now, I'm one of those guys that I really like to cruise it. Um, you know, I'm one of those cars that are outside the show because um, I, you know, like to go and do things and too, a little too ADD to sit there for for too long. Uh, but you got that one going on, and of course, uh, next weekend, uh, Career Enrichment Center um, has got a spring car show that they're doing. So we'll have more information on the, that uh, on that next week. But uh, uh, a lot of neat neat shows uh, coming up, and you couldn't ask for a better couple of days for some car shows yes. too. today high of 79 degrees sunny outside and tomorrow even warmer 87 degrees wow also going to be sunny a uh, great span of weekend uh, to, to really start opening up our car show dates too it, it's great to see everybody getting out and uh, going supporting all these local car shows it, it's great to see everybody shining up their cars and kind of dusting all the mothballs off them and getting out there so there was some conversation a little bit uh, about Mountain Dew and what the flavor is, um, and, and and you guys didn't seem to appreciate that I was referring to it as plant sweat. You know, I mean, what, what I didn't know do, what you were right? talking about. I, I mean, Dan, Dan, Dan's just got that. What the hell are you talking about? Look, I think we're all there. What what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I was, talk, I was talking about you know like do, what dew was, which is is oh, it plant okay, sweat or condensation, right? 
Um, and and they got a perfect flavor in a can. It works. It works. Speaking of works, um, dude, you went to Nashville. You went to Nashville. Now, last time you went to Nashville, you got a little bit of trouble. So I, I wasn't I wasn't surprised why you went back to Nashville, but but you were actually there for legitimate reasons. Uh, what were you, What were you doing in Nashville? Yeah, and to back it up, even the week before, I was in Vegas, uh, also <laughs> working. So uh, two bold cities for us to travel to as 25-year-olds. But I was going out there working with Jason Irwin Racing, uh, doing some legend car racing. And uh, like I just said, we started out with Las Vegas at the Bull Ring, and we were out there with the Rife Brothers and our other guy, Lonnie, that runs for our master division. Uh, and Tyler Rife actually was able to pick up the win cool. on Friday night with the Legend Car Division out there. And uh, then we packed up and we drove 27 hours straight through, picked up Dusty on the way in Edgewood and uh, got over to Nashville. And we raced at two different racetracks out there. The first two nights were over at a track called Highland Rim, uh, which is just in the suburb of the Nashville area. And after that, uh, we dusted off all the cars because that pit area is one of the dustiest and dirtiest pit areas I've ever seen. That's why I thought it was a dirt track. I know. I'm not surprised that you (laughs) asked that question. It it is, uh, respectfully, the track is awesome. Very unique track. Love the track, but pit area needs a little bit of work out there. Uh, They didn't get much rain, so it was very dusty. I mean, I've came off the track with my cars much cleaner than rolling around the pits over there. But like I said, fun track, Highland Rim over there. Uh, Tore up a lot of cars, unfortunately, but we licked our wounds and went over to Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, and we were racing the infield track with the Legend cars, but I also got to check out the Pro Late Model Division, which was on the big 5.8s, and that was exciting to see. Uh, They're hitting the chip for, it seems like, 10 seconds going into the corner, just hauling ass. It it was so cool, and uh, quite a unique experience out there. Well, and now, Nashville Speedway, isn't that what Bristol uh, Bristol Speedway bought recently, and that they're trying to bring a NASCAR race there. Exactly. Yeah. So Bristol Motor Speedway and uh, SMI they they ended up buying the fairgrounds and they are in talks right now uh, with the board and of course Nashville uh, and the city to bring NASCAR racing to fairgrounds, do some updates on the track because it does need some uh, safety updates and then some larger grandstands if they do plan on holding a big NASCAR event, but I am hearing some rumblings that we might see a truck race there Ooh. in the next year or two. So uh, no promises there. Of course, rumors are rumors, but I am hearing some rumors that they're trying to get a truck race there. So uh, if we do see that on the schedule next year, don't be shocked because you heard it here first. But uh, yeah, great track, great facility. And I was telling you, one of the interesting things about that track in particular is it is minutes away from downtown Nashville. Mm-hmm. You can go from Broadway, uh, just ripping up and down every bar, and then go to the racetrack about 10 minutes later, and then go back out, go to Tootsie's, whatever you want to do. It, it is such a unique atmosphere out there. Beautiful scenery, too. Everything's so green and luscious. And the racing is by far some of the best asphalt racing I've ever seen. So uh, it was a great time. We didn't do as well as we'd hoped. It's a lot of pushing and shoving when you go to a national legend car event. Um, as soon as you get to the lead, it seems like someone just punts you out of the way. But a uh, great time, and hopefully we can get back out there pretty soon. So uh, we only got a little bit of time left, but did you go to Tootsie's? I might have partaken, <laughs> you know, one or six nights on Broadway. But I'm telling you that uh, I, I hear that that is a, a must-do. 
Um, and so looking, looking forward to that. Uh, but anyway, maybe maybe we'll have a podcast about you guys going to Tootsie's. Yeah, we uh, we could definitely <laughs> fill up some airtime uh, with all of that. But we'll we'll leave that for another show, Dave. Yeah, and Dan Dan's like, get out. All right, so you've been listening to another edition of the New Mexico uh, Motorsports here on ESPN Radio. 101.7, the team. Thank you for listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halburn's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate, here on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Join us daily at nmmotorsportsreport.com and become part of the community. Tune in next week, where your host, David Swope, will be talking about events happening around the state and on the national scene. Whether it's got two wheels or four wheels, pavement and off-road racing, or park and shine. If you are into it, we are into it.